We are rolling. Okay. Restart <laughs> <laughs> that one. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to episode three of the Science Patrol, your weekly venture into the world of Ultraman. I'm your host, Rich Conroy, and with me is Patrick Rooney. Hey, everybody. How are you? All right. So we just finished watching... Uh, two more episodes of uh, the original 66 Ultraman. Uh, episode 4, 5 seconds before the explosion. And uh, number 5, Secret of the Milo Gonda. So those were some pretty good... Uh, they're, they're still trying to find their footing. Um, so the monsters are, are a lot of different things. My dog, in case you wonder what the squeaking is, just walked into the room with a stuffed Care Bear. Um, and uh, he, we're, he's going to want to play with that. So that should be interesting. Uh, anyway, the, the, <laughs> the first episode we saw today was five seconds before the big explosion. Now, um, basically the idea behind that is uh, a nuclear rocket was going to Jupiter. Going to Jupiter, I guess to terraform it somehow? To terraform Jupiter somehow. With nuclear bombs. And six of them sure. fell to Earth. Yep. One exploded. Four were found, and we're still looking for the last missing one. That's right. Now, of course, the Science Patrol is asked to uh, find the bomb without, without having to go underwater because it's far too expensive to film. So that, that's my guess. Um, they couldn't book the, the tank that week, and uh, they, had to, they had to do everything on land. Um, or they had to, uh, you know, come to think of it, they were probably using the tank for all the... Uh, for all the boat and uh, scenes where the monster right, comes right, out of the water right, right. and they yeah, had yeah. to build that little seaside resort. Now, of course, Fuji gets to go on vacation. Vacation? Fucation. Vacation? Yeah. Vacation. F A C A T I O N for those listening. Fuji gets to go on holiday, let's be British about it. Um, and she goes to the seaside resort with her brother. Um, and <laughs> we're like, who's your date? And. Ten se a second later, in comes her brother. Like, oh, yeah. there's the date. Yeah, here, in walks as you know. Peck goes, well, there he is. Like, we're we're in, in six minutes into the episode. We need to make sure Hoshino shows up at some point. Um, and we also can't have our young lady friend go anywhere without escort. So and yeah. the escort can't be an adult because we wouldn't have that. We don't want hanky panky. Certainly not. The hanky or panky should not be shown in a, in a children's uh, television show. The murder of giant monsters by a that's super being. Fine. That's fine. That's great. <laughs> that's not a problem. So they uh, discover that the monster, uh, whose name is, I think, Rega, um, or Ragon, Ragon is his name, he um, has um, found the mon he has found the nuclear weapon. Uh, it's a if you've ever seen those, um, remember the paper roll caps? Yeah. Okay. So the paper roll caps um, would, uh, you, you could get like this little metal bomb. And if you unscrewed the lid, you'd put one of the caps in. Fergus, that's really not going to be good on the podcast for people with headphones, buddy. I'm telling you. So, um, all right, we're going to pause this for a minute and, and deal with Fergus, the official podcast dog, and we'll be right back with more Science Patrol. All right, we've, we've confused the dog, so that's good. He, he won't find it right now. Um, he's not going to understand what happened because Pat pretended to throw the Care Bear down the hall, and he ran down the hall after it, but secretly it's here. 
just in case you're playing along at home. So, well, he's on to us. He came back in. So anyway, there'll be a picture of Fergus up on the uh, on the page so you can see what their official podcast dog looks like. Um, so the, the monster uh, originally sinks a ship. Um, yeah, just by pressing it down yeah. a lot. We Basically, that's really the damage. Just kind of push yeah, down a lot, it. and it will sink eventually. Yeah, like you do in a tub. He just basically stood on, like, got on top of it and pushed, pushed it underwater like somebody's big brother. And holding. very few parts of it actually break. So yeah, you can use that boat over and over again. Sure, he busts off a couple of communication masts or something, the crow's nest and whatnot, but yeah, that's about it. Now, on the whole, the, the ship stays intact except for the fact that it yeah. sinks. And there's a beautiful Futurama moment as Captain Mira comes in. He's like, hey, good news! Somebody survived that boat wreck. <laughs> and you're thinking, well, the other 295 guys all drowned horribly. Um, but the one guy's fine. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, they go to the hospital to talk to him. He's absolutely raving about the giant monster, um, which reappears on the way to, coincidentally, the same seaside resort that Fuji and Hoshino are at. What a shock. Yeah. Now, it, I'm assuming they filmed that, obviously, during the off-season, because there's... Nobody, nobody there. there. Nobody there. But it's, I mean, you, you can pay a small fee to rent it out like the middle of the week for a day, which I is guess. what you got to figure they did. I guess. I yeah. I mean, I could see yes off season, but if you pay a small fee and there's not a lot of people there, yeah, they'll, they'll just let like, you film. Yeah, sure. My God, we're gonna make money off it. My my fig my figures are like, look, uh, yeah, sure, you can film your weird thing here, whatever. Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so. Uh, we see that, we see uh, uh, Fuji and um, Hoshino have made sort of friends with an obnoxious little girl named Michiko who is criticizing their badminton game. Um, and we also find out that she does play badminton in her Science Patrol casual outfit. Yeah, not the not the orange one, but you know, the, the blue blazer. Blue blazer, blue, blue skirt kind of deal. Yeah. And not, you know, God forbid we're in a bathing suit of any sort. No, no, no. We can't see uniform. that. That's never going to happen. So, um, yeah, all right. Um, the mother of uh, this little girl is going shopping, and she leaves this kid in in uh, the care of Fuji and Hoshino. Hoshino's not thrilled about it. Fuji's like, yeah, whatever, um, because she's being very... Um, you very know, Japanese about it. Very right? Japanese about it, basically. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you can leave your child here, even though I've met you for 12 seconds. Um, yeah, your and, child's bothering me, but I'll watch her for another hour. Yeah, and then I'll feed her, because they take her for spaghetti and sandwiches. Yeah, which is just kind of an odd combination, but there's a giant amount of spaghetti and sandwiches out to next week. Oh, yeah, I'll finish it all, don't worry. Yeah, and she passes out, uh, dead asleep. They put her in a room, and the next thing you know, here comes shows up monster. the monster. Um, the monster is Reagan, and he's uh, this big sort of creature from the Black Lagoony, Gilman yeah. type guy, and he's got uh, a nuclear bomb. Strangely enough, attached to attached his shoulder, to his much. shoulder, yeah, um, precariously, very like oh, you know, he's caught in one of his gill flaps or something. Because during the episode, it slides down at least two or three times that I can think of. Yeah, without actually falling. Right, right, yeah, it's got to keep getting caught on knobbly bits of him. Um, so, 
the science patrol shows up and uh, of course uh, Hayata has to travel by ferry which is the least exciting thing you've ever seen like well I better get over there captain it's going to take 20 minutes to get there by ferry and they show three or four different shots of him getting on the yeah, ferry the just, ferry moving yep. him getting off the ferry yep. and okay I'm done on look, the look we got some stock footage we need to use it's nice um, this will this will pad our running time out uh, and of course that they want to shoot the monster because uh, Arashi's showing up in the VTOL plane. And he's like, oh, I've got to save the children. This is the first time I've seen Ultra, this episode of Ultraman, I don't know, countless times. It's the first time I've noticed that the control yoke of the craft is connected to nothing. Unless he is driving it like a 90-year-old woman piloting a Buick Skylark. Yes. Like, just face up to the thing, holding the steering wheel. Right in front of him, moving yeah. it back and forth. Yeah. Because that's the way it works. it's so close up to his face, like, like he's squinting through the dash. It's amazing. I had never noticed that before. Um, and uh, so they can't really do anything. But Ultraman shows up conveniently um, and begins to... Uh, well, he catches the nuclear well, yeah, bomb the, as it falls. Yeah, the monster jumps at him, and uh, of course, the bomb immediately uh, disengages itself from the monster. Ultraman dies, does a beautiful catch, uh, and saves himself uh, and the rest of us. So, uh oh, he has found the Care Bear, folks. I hate to break it to you, this could be a squeaky episode. Um, can, and then, can you oh, hear it? Ultraman has to fight the monster with the nuclear bomb in one hand. Right. So, of course, it gets dropped at some point, right? And a tree catches it. That's right. Conveniently. I'm going to say that the tree was uh, non-compliant in that. It just sort of was there. <laughs> this is not a sentient plant, which is what we're dealing with in the next episode. Um, so, uh, then it rolls down a hill. Doesn't explode at all. Hits the, you know, hits the nose, hits the tail. Yeah. Finally, around the yeah, finally it goes nose first into the dirt and the light turns on. Like, all right. It's now it's on. Now it's on. But of course, Arashi, Fuji, and uh, Hoshino go running right for it, right for it. Like, like. Well, if we're gonna get nuked, we might as well be right here right when there. it happens. I guess that's a good way to do it. Like, hey, you want to be right at it so that way you don't have to think about it for ten seconds later. Yeah. So then uh, Ultraman defeats Reagan by um, he wrestles him a little bit, hits him with the specium ray. Lights him up and uh, proceeds to throw his empty corpse into the ocean. Yes. No, but I say empty corpse because they just obviously threw the suit over a cliff and it lands in the rolling waves below. Yes, yes. Which actually was a nice little scene because yeah. you, you get to see what the actual suit looked like with nobody in it. Yeah. All right, I'm going to need and you to th pretend to throw that again and then we're going to. Well, now he's got it completely in his yeah. mouth. Fergus. But then uh, you Ultraman, be on the podcast? Ultraman grabs our nuclear weapon. And takes off out of space, into outer space with it, and we get to see a nice stock footage of a globe that doesn't really do anything. Yeah. So what, now he won't chase it? Now he won't chase this it. This dog is ridiculous. So anyway, yeah, we had a nice, yeah, we had a nice, uh, nice miniature work of a globe, and then uh, everybody's like, oh, I think Ultraman might be dead. And I was like, no, he's fine. Don't worry about it. He's invincible. Don't worry. Yeah. I know these things. He, yeah, <laughs> nobody asks how he knows. I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough. He's, he's going to be fine. And then that's the end of our episode. Yeah, pretty much. Um, now, Reagan the monster, um, we want to take a quick look at that. Your I'm going to be minute. doing our monster minute. Uh, from the Wikia fan, from the Wikia page here, 
just bear with me one second because now of course I can't find it um, da, 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 da. Because here's the problem. Oh, that's Ultra Q I'm looking at. I'm like, why is that the wrong monster? Okay, so Reagan, uh, from our episode four, five seconds before the big explosion, uh, apparently Reagan are a race of aquatic monsters that were generally reclusive but easily provoked. Um, so, oh, it was a pair that appeared on the island of... I'm going to massacre this, folks, so I apologize. Iwanajima. Maybe. And a mutated one appeared terrorizing the seaside sometimes later. By the way, the seaside um, miniature work, when the tidal wave comes over the uh, oh, yeah, yeah, comes yeah. over the wall into the pool area. It's very, very well done. Really neat. Pat's like, where do you get little tiny chairs like that? And that, that was my know. first question. Where do, you, do you find miniature chairs and miniature umbrellas? And then Rich pointed out, boy, that miniature umbrella does last through a good wave. <laughs> this is like, this enormous tsunami comes over the side of the thing and there's one little table and chair with the umbrella still in it. Just, just sitting like, there, no problem. Like some, would have been great if some, like, you know, a stereotypical drunk guy was sitting there just enjoying a cocktail. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, now, here we go. Um, his weight, 100, 100 kilograms? No, it's got to be more than that. Oh, that's, apparently these were in Ultra Q. Oh. At one point. Oh, I would So this that. is a reused suit. There you go. There, there you go. Sense. Reused suit from the previously, previously show. The previous show, Ultra Q. Um, now, uh, it is 50 meters tall in this version. 20,000 tons. That makes more sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, its origin is from the Nippon subduction 5,000 meters under the sea. Okay. There you go. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, the suit actor here is... This is going to be tough. Butcher it. All right. Yumenso Suke Izumi. There you go. Uh, it does say the Raygon suit from Ultraman Q was reused for this appearance. However, his roar is a reused Baragon roar. I did mention I'm that. getting good at this. Uh, the suit would be heavily modified later later for Alien Zarab. I know what Alien Zarab looks like, but I don't think it looks... That's crazy. We'll He's also to... the first uh, kaiju to take down the VTOL. Oh, I didn't... Because he used that... He used that, he like, used that some weird mouth that laser. Hand. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, he had movable eyelids in Ultra Q, apparently. But he didn't have movable eyelids in this no. one. He had a movable mouth, but yeah. not movable eyes. This would later be passed down to Ultraman Ginga, 47 years after its debut. So apparently when he's in Ultraman Ginga, he has movable eyelids I again. Gotcha. Fair enough. So he's just very surprised. <laughs> he's the first kaiju in the Ultra series to reappear in another series. Okay, fair so enough. So he was in Ultra Q, he's now in this now one. This one. Um, Sooner or later, you run out of stuff you're going to use. Yeah. All Raygons at this point forward will either be female or part of a family. Oh. So that's weird to look forward to. So, yeah, that's um, that's basically our uh, episode on that. What did you think of that episode, Pat? Wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. I mean, I, I did like the outdoor shots, the nice Japanese seaside oh, shots. Yeah, those were some really nice uh, and I was, cinematics there. Yeah, and I, I just kind of surprised that the girl just kind of wears her Science Patrol <laughs> leisure outfit. <laughs> No matter where she is, because she can't wear a bikini. We right. can't have that. You would think, well, back then she would probably have worn a one-piece. Right, right. She would Probably. She would have worn something. Same modest occasions as I Dream of Genie. Would have been, you know, cover the belly button at, yeah, 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 yeah. at worst. So, yeah. that, you know, 
you know, even Gilligan's Island, they had their belly buttons covered. So, That's right. You know, That's one piece important. suit or something, but no, no, no. She's in her science patrol casuals. Yeah. Had she been... Well, see, that's why I think it was filmed in the off-season, because it doesn't look super sunny. And no, maybe no. they were like, oh, we'll have you lay poolside. And she was like, it's way too cold to be doing this. This is ridiculous. I'm keeping my jacket on. Well, no, it wasn't a full jacket, though. It was a mini skirt, and it was short sleeves. No, it was a full It was a full on sport full coat. Shirt? I didn't know. Because Hoshino's wearing shorts and a windbreaker. True, true. So true. I'm thinking maybe it was might have been just a touch chilly. October. Like, you know, okay, chilly. yeah, yeah. And, yeah you know, I could buy that. All right, so that's the end of uh, our review for the first episode. Um, we're going to be back in a minute uh, after this break with our uh, review of our second episode, um, which I can't remember the name of, but we'll be back to it in a moment. Okay. And we're back, and we're going to uh, do the second episode, um, which is the flower of something or other. I can't remember now. This is terrible. Uh, really? I can't remember the name of it. Uh, I no, said it at the beginning. Kind of thing. I said it at the beginning of the episode. Now I don't remember. It's terrible. Maybe it's on the. Could be on the. Oh, secret of the Milogonda. Yeah, there it is. There we go. So we open on a car crash. Yeah. At night, night a very rare night shoot for Ultraman. Uh, guy gets out of his car. He's like, we don't really see why he got in the car crash, but then this giant, flowery-looking thing. Yeah, I was trying to be kind and not call it a duvet, but uh, <laughs> well, it does kind of look like a rubbery yeah. duvet. <laughs> That it does, but it's a, it does sort of look a little flowery. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's it, it's reminiscent of a. We're, we're going to call it a fairly convincing giant plant. Um, <laughs> comes up and sprays like a green pollen-y sort of thing on him, and then uh, with a turn of the camera, we see it eat him. Right, and uh, you, so all it's you see is shadow. shadow of yeah, it. so you can envision exactly what's happening without them actually having to do anything other than kind of have the guy move around a lot. Yeah, and it's it's um it's it's far scarier in your ten year old brain. Like, oh my, what's it doing to that guy? Um, and then it attacks a scientist um, by going under the under door, the door yeah. which was a very cool effect. Yeah, they had the door. It had to be. You got to figure six inches off. No, it wasn't even that much, I don't think. I think they just built something flat. <laughs> I think they just slid a it like, wasn't plastic exact, sheet. Yeah, maybe a little plastic sheet, but it had to be a, enough off the ground yeah. that they, you could put something underneath sure. easily. It's got to be. It, no, it's got to be more it's you gotta think be bigger more than, than an the inch ones or two. We have yeah. Here? Oh, okay. absolutely. It's got to be at least an inch or two by, by my guess. Yeah, this is why we have to start um, having, having a display of it up here so we can refer to videotape. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> and of course, it kills him in his laboratory, and uh, the science patrol is called in. We uh, we see them visit a photographer who was on this. Uh, oh no, we go to the laboratory first. Go to the where lab the guy first. Was killed. Find out that it is chlorophyll with lots of radioactivity in it, and the only thing that can have chlorophyll are plants. Plants, and the only thing in Ultraman universe that can have radiation is. Everything apparently, <laughs> problem, like problem. everything. This was affected by nuclear radiation. Obviously, atomic radiation made it grow this big and angry. Don't Just, we know this by now? Yeah, of course. Like everything was affected. This is the '60s. Everything, atomic radiation made everything bigger. Yes. Instead of giving you cancer, so it was. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a little bit more optimistic. <laughs> 
You just grow into a giant monster, you're not going to die, don't worry. <laughs> oh, I mean, unless the giant monster kills you, or, or Ultraman himself beats you, beats you to death. Um, <laughs> so, um, <coughs> the uh, science patrol, Ido, um, Ido and... Um, Ito and um, Arashi go and uh, speak with the assistant to the doctor and uh, come across a giant carrot that the doctor was working on to solve world hunger. Um, and then one of the plants is missing in this giant yeah. orb of a greenhouse that they have. Right, right. Which, by the way, great location shoot. You, you can't beat it. It's a, it's a partially underwater, submerged... Yeah. Death Star looking thing that uh, apparently it was a giant like biosphere. Um, so the uh, sure. What happens next? I can't remember. They have the the plant. There's a plant missing, and they try to find out what sort of plant he was trying to grow. There. Oh right, because of the big flower. Then they find that big flower. Right, and then they have a few background scenes with a girl in a bikini for the first time. The no, that was the <laughs> that was the scene of the girl. <laughs> no, no, no. That was there was just pictures on the background of different flowers. Yeah, and then they snuck in some island girl with yeah. a with a grass skirt and a tube top. <laughs> so <laughs> finally, we get to <laughs> somebody was being somebody was being cheeky. So that's when they start interviewing this uh, photographer who was on the island, and uh, she was like, "Oh yeah," and they switched to this beautiful black and white. Um, Footage. That footage. We're not sure if it was stock footage. I think it has to be from Ultra Q, or they just filmed it in black and white. I honestly don't know. Um, so they're, you know, they're trying to trace where this thing came from, and they say it's insectivorous. Um, and uh, you know, someone gets attacked by the the thing, and they shoot it dead with bullets because no, that's how you shoot something was dead it? with bullets. No, yeah, in, the, bullets, in, the, bullets in the black yeah. and white. Yeah, yeah. They shoot it dead with bullets because that's how you kill something with bullets. Damn it. We're men. We shoot. We shoot, we shoot things bullets. with bullets. <laughs> and uh, so, the the uh, it, it shows up when they're trying to protect this photographer. She's like, "Oh, you think it's gonna come after me next?" And they're like, "Yeah, don't worry." This woman has the swankiest house. Yes, yes, for a photographer, she yeah. has a fantastic. House. It looks like Tony Stark's Malibu place. Yes, absolutely. It, it's sweeping ocean vistas. Two walls are just glass. Um, and there's like you know a lot of property, so they're all reporting in, etc. And then Arashi gets attacked by the monster, um, and, and everybody the, goes to help him and right. shoots him with their ray guns. Right, and the ray guns of course um, cause it to grow giant sized, and that's going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah. So we also see uh, a uh, cameo from the actor who played Doctor Sarazawa in the original Godzilla. I can't think of his name, and I'm not arsed to look it up right now. Um, I can't; it's driving me crazy. But I'll I'll, I'll fill it in later. It'll be fine. Um, and the uh, the monster shows up later in in the city, and it's enormous. Uh, and then it, it's this giant flower monster that you can tell the guy in it used one of his arms to move the giant flower side so that way it could become like a, a giant mouthy mouth, flap, yeah. a mouthy flap kind of deal. Yeah, and the other arm is just like an appendage, yeah, which is fine. It, it does the job. It's not the best monster they've done, No, but it's got a big light in the middle and it shoots pollen spores and um, it does a very fine job destroying a lot of good-looking miniatures. And every time we have a cutscene, it uses the green slime 
to cut. Oh yeah, that was a really nice. It's a really cool idea since you're using green flowery monsters yeah. and green slime. Yeah, it was like a green a green slime wipe. Yeah. So it would go top of the screen, just dribble down. It was a, it was a nice little touch. Uh, and so Ultraman uh, shows up as the beast is uh, rampaging through the center of town. And what was really great, I just thought about something from the last episode that I need to address later. Um, what's really great is they're facing off in this town uh, like in a roundabout with this big clock in the middle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And it just looks amazing, and it's dead quiet. There's no music. And all you hear is the Big Ben gong. Yeah, dun, 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 dun. And then, of course, Greenmon comes over and just smacks smack the crap out of the clock. As soon as the actual song's done, <laughs> my God, he wrecks it. Um, Ultraman tries to attack him. It starts spraying him, and uh, he has no recourse other than to... Uh, hit him with the specium ray, and it being a plant, obviously, I guess in the dry season, that thing goes up like uh, instantly. Yeah, it goes up like a sack of newspapers. And they ha they show like a giant fire with the plant, right? And then just a pile of ash, and then it cuts to you see ash just floating all over the right. place onto our actual heroes. Right. So they're like, "Hey, we did it! That's fantastic!" All right, so they want to go back to headquarters, and suddenly. Arashi and Ito notice, hey, where's Hayata lately? And, oh, he's just fine. They don't yeah, even come back to him. Yeah, they, we don't see him at the end of this episode because Ultraman's flying away. So, that's very strange. What I wanted to address is, in the last episode, Ito gets the idea that they should play music. Yes. To subdue the monster. And the monster gets really <laughs> mad at the, at the music. Oh, the Ghost Guard. Which I assume was to assemble the orchestra on a boat, but um, this like destroyer-looking boat goes along the coastline and it's blasting like classical music. Yeah, concerto, right? And the monster just wings out completely, starts ripping up trees, and they're like, "Captain, the monster does not like the music." They're like, "Cut it off! Stop the music!" And Ito's like, "That's strange. All wild animals like to listen to music." And uh, Sure, okay, fair enough. That's, <laughs> that's just how we do. <laughs> they're the science patrol. We're not science patrol. No. We're, we're not the science patrol. We don't have the, uh, we don't have the uh, fancy outfits or whatnot. But, um, yeah, so that, I just forgot about that completely. So we're going to do another Monster Minute right now on Green Mons. Let's see here. Its height varies between 2 to 40 meters. Right, because two meters would be about human size, and then it grows to be gigantic. Right, and the weight is 20,000 tons when it's big. It's uh, Orishu Island. Uh, and let's see here. Now, where is it? Trivia. Not a lot of trivia on this, guys. Um, suit actor is Harakichi Nakamura. Greenmon's name originates from the, <laughs> well, just from the green confirmation monster. of names for green and monster. <laughs> kind of figure. I called it. That's beautiful. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, apparently, although not physically seen, Greenmon's is said to be one of the monsters that makes up Barry Adora's body in Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy Legend the Movie. We have a long there. way to long go. Time for that. To get to long that. time. Okay. If if we we're gonna have to start bouncing around the timeline, I think, just yeah. because I want to do some modern stuff too. All right. Powers and weapons. Uh, poison gas. You can secrete poison gas from the yellow mark in its center. Uh, it's not lethal. It does cause damage to the lungs if exposed long enough. Apparently. Smothering. 
can smother can, a cell right, It just kind of lays on you and you die because you can't breathe. <coughs> and it stretches. Um, stretches right, out extremely thin. Under, right. Under oh, here's a picture of the door jam, and it is obviously the worst construction. I don't know who the contractor is that they assigned to make this uh, to make this door, but that is a you could slide a VHS tape. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a rather large, rather big gap that they had in there. My God. But yeah, so that's that's uh, the end of that episode. And uh, what do we think of uh, of the episode with Greenmont, Pat? Not one of the better episodes, I have to give it that. I did like the fact that they had the flat, flapping monster arm, kind of mouthy. That's how he's going to attack you. Other than his green mist, it was unique. Just shoot at you. Yeah, yeah. It was. It didn't have a beam weapon. It was. It was going to shoot spores at you, and then it was just going to basically lay on you and yeah, and absorb you that way. Yeah. Absorb you that way. I uh, I liked the fact that it was our first non monster, non animal monster. Right, right. It was a nice vegetable monster. That's right. To try to figure out, okay, why is it moving? No, we get past that quickly. Yeah, it so, just does. It does. It's fine. It's mobile. That's okay. <laughs> Radi- no, you know the answer to that. Radiation. Radiation. I keep forgetting about the radiation. <laughs> of course, it's radiation. But so. other, I mean, other than like I said, other than that. Those minor technical, it wasn't one of the best episodes yet. I mean, okay, it's the fifth episode. They're starting to run into problems of it's going to be repetitive. Yeah, and what are we what are we looking to do with this show? Because there's a lot of physical comedy in this one too, where Arashi beats the hell out of Ide by accident twice. He twice hits him on both sides of the face, and only one side of the face hurts. Yeah, apparently. And we so. have a giant bandage around our face because you know when we get slapped. We instantly yeah. have a giant wound in our if face. If you've ever seen a cartoon where a guy gets a toothache. Yeah, oh, he's got it's that, that whole that whole thing where you get the big white bandage and tie it. I'm actually doing the motion here, uh, like you can see it. Uh, but you tie it over the top of your head, and then Griffith Cooper draw compressed or whatever. Uh, I don't quite get it. But that's fine. That's fine. We've got a, uh, you know, we there's a, there's a level of... Um, Believability that you just have to give up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a suspension of disbelief. There that's what the phrase I was there looking for was. But yeah, so that's going to conclude our episode today. Um, there were, you know, not a lot to talk about in these two episodes, but um, I got a little house cleaning uh, to do here. Uh, the website for news and episodes of our podcast is ultramanpodcast.tumblr.com. Our Twitter feed is at ultramanpodcast. And our email is ultramanpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, music for the show is provided by Terminal Sunburn. They're uh, a good band out of New Jersey. Go to terminalsunburn.bandcamp.com and throw them a couple of ducats because they're good people and they could use it. Um, if you'd like to help out our podcast, uh, there's going to be a way for you guys to donate. And we're going to have an Amazon banner eventually. So basically how that works is you'll click through the banner on our website. You shop as normal. And uh, we get a couple of shekels to keep the lights on and equipment and whatnot. Um, costs you nothing extra, of course. Casey Kittle's going to make this sound good, and he is responsible for the production and lending us the equipment. And uh, I think that's basically it. Uh, official podcast dog has been Fergus. Uh, I have been Rich. I'm Pat Rooney. All right, we'll see you guys next week. And Sally Forth, Science Patrol.
the Science Patrol is a Faces for Radio production.